Good afternoon. You are listening to the Andy Zanke Youth Empowerment Program on KDNK Community Radio. I'm Adele Kraft, and this is My Own Two Hands, a monthly collaboration with the Colorado Mountain College Sustainability Studies Program. During last month's show, we spoke with members of the student-led on-campus sustainability club run by CMC Sustainability Students. Today, it is a pleasure to welcome my guest, Sustainability Studies Professor Kevin Hilmer-Pegram. For the next half hour, Kevin and I will be talking about sustainability, social action, a new bachelor's degree program that CMC is rolling out, and the power of self-care and hope during uncertain times with so much social and environmental upheaval. Thank you so much for joining me today on the show, Kevin. Hi, Adele. Good to be here. Hi, everybody. Can you please introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your academic and career background and how you found your way to the CMC Sustainability Program here in the Valley? I'd love to. Great. Uh, my name is Kevin Hilmer, and um, I've been working at CMC since 2017. I moved here uh, with my family from Fairbanks, Alaska, and we were there as I was uh, doing a Ph.D., in something called the Resilience and Adaptation Program, and that PhD was interdisciplinary in nature, and it focused on uh, kind of two main two main uh, topics, which were political science and ecology, um, and so it was trying to find ways to understand nature and then also create social change with the political science side. So uh, it's been great working here. Um, I, had, I could have gone to a bunch of different places, but I, I really love CMC's mission. Um, they, they, are, they are the real deal. They are a legitimate educational organization, and it's an honor to work for them. As some of you may know, I got my bachelor's degree in sustainability studies, so Kevin was one of my main professors, and I just have to say, we are so grateful that you are here too, so I'm so glad you made the decision to move to the Valley. Can you tell us a little bit about the curriculum that you teach in the Sustainability Studies program? Uh, yeah, the uh, Bachelors of Arts in Sustainability Studies. Uh, this degree started about 10 years ago. And um, in that 10 years, it's just evolved and gotten better. And it basically uh, takes a holistic approach to the field of sustainability. Uh, which means it's, it teaches courses in a few different main groups. Um, one of those is that we, we found our understanding in environmental science. So there's ecology and conservation biology. Uh, we have a group of courses that are oriented around um, social change, um, a cultural and place-based equity course, and a sustainable economics course, for example. Uh, we have some courses that are based in the humanities, so um, writing for sustainability and literature for change, uh, looks at the environmental um, humanities. And then we have another set of classes that are really about um, business, leadership, and entrepreneurship. Um, so teaching students to get those skills in, um, in, ma in managing finances and, and doing that side of the uh, sustainability um, action and operations. And what do you think sets um, this program apart from similar programs at other schools? Or are there similar programs? Is it totally unique? There are other bachelor's degrees in sustainability uh, in the nation. But one of the, the unique things about the CMC one is that 
it was built from the ground up. Um, so, you know, 10 years ago when sustainability was getting in vogue, if you will, very popular, a bunch of colleges and universities, they, they looked around at all their existing courses and they um, kind of hodgepodge them together to create a sustainability program. And ours was different. We basically said CMC is ready to offer bachelor's degrees. Sustainability is one of CMC's fundamental core values. We're going to build a whole bunch of brand new courses that can really address the most important pieces of sustainability. And so it was built that way um, from the ground up. So that's one thing that sets it apart. Every course is, is, is just a sustainability course. And now some of our other programs use some of those courses too because they're good courses. So that's pretty neat. Awesome. Let's talk about sustainability a little bit more broadly. I think when a lot of people hear the word sustainability, they jump straight on the environmental piece. Um, can you speak a little bit to how the other pieces like economics, business, social justice, social action, play into sustainability in the real world. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite uh, quotes from some of our readings um, from environmental ethics, uh, some folks say, there's actually no such thing as an environmental problem. There's only social problems, right? Um, because all of the, the problems that we observe in the environment the root causes lie in human behaviors and human institutions and human policies and human decision makings and human values. Um, and so like the way I look at it being situated on the social side is that we owe a great debt to environmental science and ecology, and we wouldn't know the situation that we are in without those fields of science. And now our job as sustainability practitioners is to take that information and motivate humans to get better, <laughs> more responsible, more environmentally and socially responsible. And so, of course, environmental issues and social science, uh, I'm sorry, social justice are, are interwoven. Um, and you can't get to really an environmentally responsible society if you don't have a socially just society at the same time. I know that you do an incredible job of incorporating project-based learning into all of your classes and doing exactly what you were just talking about, like marrying um, environmental science and everything that students learn in the hard sciences and then joining it together with social science. Um, so what can you just share a few of the projects that your students worked on last semester or projects that you're looking forward to working on in the spring? Yeah, right now, the, be the coolest thing we have going on is a new um, greenhouse at the Spring Valley campus of CMC. So it's up at Spring Valley. We've got 850 acres up there. And this is the, um, the first time in, in decades, at least, that we've had a place to grow food on campus. We have 250 students who live in the residence hall. Uh, we have some more um, apartment-style housing that will be built in the next few years. And so it's this amazing opportunity to get all these uh, folks just growing their own food and, get, and, and eating uh, healthy, nutritious food that they grow themselves. And so it was sustainability students that, that pitched that idea to the campus leadership team. Um, and now we have this amazing um, multidimensional effort to keep it going where the, the facilities team works on it, the students work on it, community members work on it. And it's hard to manage all of that. But 
last semester we got a giant planter built we got some fig trees and some grapes planted we're using our own compost and so it's really starting to it's basically ready to start producing food at this point and so it's really exciting after multiple years of trying to get that going to be at that stage where it's it's ready to go and so that'll be great next semester I love hearing about the sustainability and resilience in action because growing your own food is an amazing example of all of the theories that we learn about in the program. So I think that's so exciting. And I wish you guys luck on growing food on campus. That's really cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the new bachelor's degree that CMC is rolling out, which I know you're not directly affiliated with, but it's probably of interest to a lot of people in our community. So it's the Bachelor of Science in Ecosystem Science and Stewardship, correct? That's right. Cool. And can you tell us a little bit about this exciting new degree? Yeah, it is. uh, It's been a long time in the coming for CMC to offer a bachelor's in science in uh, ecosystem science. Um, the, the, the folks who started the sustainability program 10 years ago always envisioned having these dual tracks, one that was a bachelor's of arts and one that was a bachelor's of science. And it takes a lot of resources to support a bachelor's degree. And so, um, CMC's, uh, my, my take on it, these are not necessarily CMC's official viewpoints, but the way I see it, they make fiscally conservative decisions. They're very responsible with taxpayers' money. And it's only now that they have kind of the uh, financial security to, to start offering more bachelor's degrees and start um, supporting them financially. And so the first one of the first things they knew they needed was this bachelor's of science in ecosystem science. And what it's going to do is it's basically going to be a really um, rigorous training in um, hands-on, field-based ecosystem science based in the western slope of Colorado with the intent of building our own students that can go and work for our government agencies, local, uh, federal, um, and, and, and do the science that's going to be necessary to underpin a successful adaptation to climate change. And so the whole thing's oriented around global change, global environmental change, and building up our, our, our workforce capacity um, to, to uh, allow ourselves to, to do that successful adaptation and mitigation. What an amazing program. Um, it's just so incredible that we have access to those kinds of resources and that kind of education in Colorado and hopefully soon right here. Um, how does that degree... Um, how is it different from the Bachelor of Arts in Sustainability Studies degree that you teach? Um, Well, that's that's wonderful. It's really, it's like two sides of the same coin or whatever metaphor you want to use. These programs, and you'll see them paired together at a lot of different colleges and universities. There's things like this. Um, And the way that CMC is uh, marketing it and packaging it is a academic pathway in environment and sustainability. Um, And so the cool thing is that it's really going to serve our students better. Um, For a long time, the Bachelors of Arts in Sustainability, the one I teach in, uh, tried to be everything to everyone. It would train students who loved social science and humanities and art and creative expression, and would also try to train the, the, the the students who wanted a really rigorous field-based uh, ecosystem 
uh, ecology kind of training. And it pulled us in a lot of different directions, and it made it hard to do that. And so now um, that we have the, the rigorous science side, it actually frees up the sustainability program to get even more in-depth with the, the um, social transformation side. So we can start studying even a wider range of ways um, to, to make social action. And so, you know, on the one hand, we have the science, and on the other hand, we have the societal transformation. And that's the way we're kind of looking at it. And so as students um, decide which, you know, pathway they want to go on, for example, you say, I want to save the world, you know, I want to save the planet, um, but where are your skills, where are your passions, you know? Are they in, do you want to spend your life out in the field, you know, counting, measuring nature, or do you want to spend your life working with people to make them more responsible in their relationship with nature? You know, so you can kind of uh, choose now and get a really good education either way. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing about both programs. Um, now I just want to shift gears a little bit because one thing that we deal with all the time in the sustainability world, in our community, in the world at large, is climate change, um, which is an extremely pressing and omnipresent issue everywhere in the world. But in the Mountain West, we're faced with drought, rising temperatures, decreasing snowpack. And just these past few weeks alone, I've heard so many terrifying statistics on local news about the impact of climate change in our valley. Um, I was wondering how you think this like constant stress around climate change manifests itself in sustainability professionals and in our overall community. Yeah, um, well, that's that's a great point. I think that... Um, I almost want to just change the name of our, our program to like the climate change program <laughs> because it is kind of the central issue within sustainability, um, I would say. The most pressing, the most, it's, it's the challenge of this generation. It's the challenge of youth, right? Children are growing up in this world. Um, nothing's going to be the same anymore, right? And that's fundamentally hard for people to grasp. Uh, we're not very good at um, thinking ahead about change, although we are actually quite good at adapting and responding to it uh, when we have when we have to. Um, but yeah, within the kind of environmental science, within sustainability, um, research shows that folks who do this for long periods of time do tend to experience uh, burnout because we're constantly being exposed to this. Uh, we can internalize uh, the pressures of feeling that all that weight is on our shoulders. Like, oh my God, I'm a professional in this. I'm the one charged with um, fixing it, you know? Um, I feel like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> yeah. But the truth of the matter is, uh, what I'm trying to do now is take insights from the field of positive psychology and so positive psychology is the field that says what makes people well, right? Instead of saying, how are we broke? How do we fix ourselves? We say, what makes people well? And how do we do more of that? And so um, what, we, what we actually are working into our, our curriculum slowly over time, and we're getting better and better at, um, is a, a mode of positive psychology called active hope. Um, and I'll just distinguish it from optimism, right? Optimism is kind of a blind faith. Um, expectation that everything's going to work out fine. And we know that that's not the case. We know that things are not working out fine. We know that things may go very badly. 
Uh, we, we all have different like scenarios of societal collapse in our mind that could happen that we don't really want to live through or deal with. Um, so with active hope, we say, yeah, those are all possible, but there are realistic alternative trajectories um, that we can help bring about through our um, engagement, through, through our active um, um, expression of effort, right? We can do things. Um, we, can, we can basically take our most preci- precious research resource, which is our own life's energy, this miracle of us being alive, and just invest it and, and apply it to bringing those alternative pathways into being. And whether or not we succeed or not, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that we're going to be the most well that we can be by trying it, right? By trying, by putting that effort in. Because there's no other, there's nothing else that needs, that's as important as doing that right now. <laughs> and so um, kind of living that, um, living that alternative path, I think, is what, um, what will give people the, the, the highest degree of well-being they can have in this really challenging situation we find ourselves. I didn't have that term for it, active hope, but I think that's something that I really try to practice in my own life. Um, I think it can still be really, really difficult when that's all you're thinking about all the time, Mm. even if you're actively putting your energy into learning and growing and trying to solve the world's problems. So do you think it's okay to take a break sometimes when you feel really overwhelmed. I don't mean like, you know, I'm going to say, oh, I'm just not going to care about climate change and all the problems mm-hmm. in the world for two weeks. I'm going to take a vacation. But, <laughs> you know, like a vacation in your mind mm-hmm. for a few minutes to practice self-care. I, I think you have to do that. And I kind of uh, make a, a joke to my students. I, I, I build this whole speech up. I'm like, you need to be really disciplined, Right. And they think, oh, God, we're in trouble. We're not working hard enough. I say, you need to be really disciplined about not working too hard, right? About taking breaks, about applying self-care, about getting away from um, the problems. Uh, because your actual obligation is to have a lifetime of, of continual effort, right? We, we need people. Basically, people are going to be forced to engage with climate change over the duration of their lifetime, especially young people, right? And so we need to be pacing ourselves for uh, uh, 70 years, right? What does that look like? I want to be an activist for 70 years. Um, How much can I apply each day and how much am I going to unplug and turn myself off so my batteries recharge and I can come back again the next day? What do you personally do to practice self-care? Um. I, I, you know, I, I'm into the, uh, the meditation world, um, try to exercise as much as I can. Um, uh, you, uh, humor is really important to me. And I, I, I should be referencing my, my different authors and different students who have inspired me in these realms um, because it's so, it's so important. I don't know. Sometimes I think to myself, maybe I was actually really uh, well um, suited for this type of work. Because even as a child, I kind of always fantasized about like a societal collapse and being out, you know, on my own or not even on my own. This is more about doing it as a group, right? Building a community that rebuilds. And so the, the idea that it could actually happen, I always find kind of interesting and exciting. And maybe, maybe that's, you know, I realize that's a privileged position and it's kind of, um, um, it's, it's kind of negligent. Um, but 
hopefully, I try to I try to inspire other people to think about, like, okay, imagine your worst case scenario occurs, the worst thing in your mind. That's not the end of the story, right? Humans have done amazing things. We've lived through societal collapses. We crossed the ice bridge uh, to populate different parts of the world. You know, we spread around the world on foot. We're, we're like genetically capable of these really impressive things that, that are far more than what we do with our daily lives. And so maybe some of that will emerge um, if we have to do it. We are reaching the end of our time. So I just want to ask a couple more questions. Um, this is the Andy Zanke Youth Empowerment Program. So we do have a strong focus on kids. I think that kids absolutely experience all of this anxiety and stress around climate change and our changing planet, too. And I really want to acknowledge that. Um, what are some suggestions you have for kids to practice self-care and or active hope? Yeah, I guess my first message might be to some of their parents. Um, I, too, I am a parent. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. And um, kids, right? They're, you don't have to worry about them not being climate literate, right? They're going to get it. Um, it. It is their culture. And so I think it's okay to shield them from it a little bit, right? I think if you give your children a, a kind of a protected, I mean, you know what I mean, within reason, a safe childhood, they're going to need that for long-term mental resilience, right? If children are stressed out when they're young, they tend to be stressed out later, so it's okay to kind of minimize the threat, you know, all these different things to take care of them. But if you're a kid listening to this, I'll just give you three tips of things you can practice if you actually want to start uh, making the earth cool again. That was one of our new, um, right, make the earth cool again. We painted a mural of that this year. Yeah, I love that. Because it's like, <laughs> that's where we're at, right? That's, yeah. See, the carbon emissions are so high, we need to actually start making the earth cool again. And it, again, it flips the script. It says, this is what we're actually doing. We're not fighting climate change. We're not even mitigating. We have to adapt. But let's make the earth cool again. How do you do it? Uh, one thing you can do, eat more plants, right? If you're already a vegetarian or a vegan, you're doing great. And if you're not, I just encourage you, eat more plants. It has a huge, it's a huge upstream um, uh, mitigation tool. Uh, number two, use what you have, Okay. Um, I know it's Christmas and, 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 and other holidays, and people are going to get tons of new stuff, and that's okay. But if you can keep that stuff for a really long time, you take good care of it, you don't have to buy new things, and that really helps uh, cool the planet too. And third, uh, talk about it. Um, one, one of our problems with any type of anxiety is that we don't talk about it. And so as a community, I was going to make these hats that say, I, I understand climate change, and I'm happy to talk about it. And just wear that around so anybody can see it and they go, oh, my God, I'm, I'm torn up about climate change. Or I ignore it or I contribute to it. I feel guilty. And we're just going to start talking about it because that, that's therapeutic. Absolutely. We only have one more minute. So is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap the interview? I wish we could talk forever. but <laughs> uh, No, I mean, thank you for having me. And, and you know, we're, something's going to happen, right? Something's going to happen. And so we just start learning the skills now. We try, we try to do two things simultaneously. We try to save society, and then we try to prepare for a societal collapse, right? And it's, it can be interesting and fun, right? People are raising chickens and growing their own food and cleaning their water and going off the grid. And all this homesteading stuff is just really, um, uh, uh, it's, those skills, you know, are going to, I think, will be very important. So plenty of, of exciting ways to kind of rise up to the challenge of our time. 
Absolutely. Let's work on it together. Community. Um, All right. Thank you so much for joining me today on the program, Kevin, and thanks to everyone for listening. On behalf of the Andy Zanke Youth Empowerment Program, students, staff, and board of directors, we'd just like to wish you a happy holidays. Hopefully this is a positive time where you can hang out with family. Um, We also just wanted to tell you about an exciting schedule change that will take place beginning in January. Starting the week of Wednesday, January 5th, Andy Zanka's music show will move from Monday to Wednesday at 2 to 4 p.m. Youth Radio will no longer be on Monday. We are very excited for this opportunity as it means we can work with students in correlation with the Roaring Fork School District's Wednesday early release schedule. The Youth Radio Program Public Affairs Show is also switched to Wednesday from 4 to 4.30. The Andy Zanke Youth Empowerment Program 2022 schedule will be Wednesdays 2 to 4.30, Thursday evenings from 7 to 9, and Sundays from 2 to 4.